if Blood Money is He-Man, Infestation is Stinkor. On Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about infestation. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> you really, you didn't hold anything back in that opening there, did you, Bo? Listen, I, you know, people, I got a lot of blowback. Really, I got one person blowing back from uh, from when we uh, when we talked about blood money. Yeah. And I, and I gave it the Class A burial. And also Psygnosis, who I hold totally responsible. We had um, a lot of discussion about Psygnosis. I day. am... Um, I am going to have opinions about infestation. Yeah, gathered. Yeah, that I might gathered, trend yeah. towards the negative. But you know, Aaron, before we get into infestation, <laughs> why would you call a game infestation? Well, I mean, I don't know. Why not? That why is, anything? That makes my skin crawl. There was a. I was watching a, a show last night, and there was this game that was called. It was called like a a a, a, a G called P or something like that. It was some game that just had like letters. That sounds dumb. I'm like, Did that I'm, come from Japan? Oh pff, are you kidding me? <laughs> What's that one game that was out in the on the uh Turbo Graphics? It was like it was like Q's Quest or R, mm-hmm. or, or, or and there's like a series of these games. Or, or, or why? No, it's Y. Yeah, but you pronounce ease. it a cool guy ease, style. Right? It's Y. Yeah. Okay, it ain't ease. <laughs> if they wanted to, to pronounce ease, they put a bunch of E's in there and some Z's and crap. And this was something similar to that. So listen, compared to that and a Y infestation, plenty fine. Plus, it sort of makes sense with the plot. Did you ever have to deal with any infestations up on the mountain? <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah. We got some ants up there. Really? You know, yeah. And then also lizards. Like, hmm. here's an infestation story I don't think I've told. So, <laughs> I would get these lizards that would come in the house, right? Everybody loves lizards, mm-hmm. right? Especially wake up with right. them, crawling around your ceiling or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, I kept getting rid of these suckers. How do you get rid of oh, them? Oh, you use a broom. I can tell you that. Okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't kill them. You weren't crushing them beneath your feet. So anyways, I had this couch up on the mountain, right? It was a, it was like a love seat. Right. I'd, I would lounge on that love seat. I would have people come up and sit on the love seat when they were there. So one day, I was like, I'm going to turn the cushions on this love seat, right? Pulled the cushion out. There's one flat, totally flat lizard. Mm. He, he slept in the wrong spot oh. on Mud Mountain, so he mm. got dealt with. Mm. That's the last time I ever saw a lizard up there. Maybe, I threw maybe out the love seat, by the, the way. The other lizards probably came across his dead body and thought, man, we got to get out of here. Trust me, there's no way you're getting to the body. Mm. And this thing was pancaked. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was totally pancaked what, lizard. What was the love seat like? Was it comfy? Well, I mean, you know, it was a little lizardy. I mean, aside from that, it was okay. And listen, I found it on the curb. I was poor. What do you want from me? How did you get it home? Oh, like we drove it up on the top of the Nova. <laughs> Man, of it's such a it's such it's such a tragedy. We didn't have mobile cameras back no, in the day. I mean, no, the cell not, phone, you it's know? not. It's not. No. <laughs> listen, do you know the amount of dumb things that I did up in the mountain? The worst was getting the arcade machine up there because I took it up in the back of the Chevy Citation I had. Mm. And then when I got it, you know, up on Mud Mountain, there's a set of stairs that le- lowers you to the back of the house. Then you've got to walk all the way around it to get to a door, the right. only door. Well, the the arcade machine wouldn't fit down the stairs because of the of the, the rails. Yeah. So we just knocked those down, and they never got rebuilt. <laughs> So coincidentally, I fell down the stair dozens of times. Was this one of the occasions where you brought the Fazios home? That was then, oh, well, mostly everyone else. I got used to it because mm-hmm. you got to be stealthy, right? You know, I would tiptoe down those stairs, mm-hmm. and also sometimes if they were slick, 
I would do the old Spider Man. You know How what do I mean? You do that. You turn around backwards, oh, or backwards, yeah, and then you just go creeping down. That's right. Like that. Hands are involved. Yeah. But my buddies, they didn't know. It's always just sit back and watch the hilarious antics as they almost died. Beer flying everywhere, drinks and food. It happened over and over. You know, there. I'm glad you mentioned the arcade machine, the old Mud Mountain Main machine. Yeah. Uh, because That's uh, the machine. You've got it. Well, I was going to say, uh, on Facebook, it's been 10 years since you sold me that machine. Yeah. It worked out great for you because it looks nice. Its over there. memory continues on. You've got a picture of it up there on the old, I do. Uh, on the old wall. Because Uncle Larry painted stuff on the side, yeah, and then you painted over that. I did. <laughs> so clearly, you weren't impressed with his art. I think it was it was really one of those installations that was perfect for the mountain. But when you bring it outside of that habitat, it was it changed. Yeah, you know it's funny because I had the, the the arcade machine. I, just, I left the back off, mm -hmm. and I didn't. It was it was empty in there except for a screen. I just had the computer crib just sitting off to the side. It was yeah, so dopey. It's the most ghetto made machine you ever saw. But that's the way. That's the way you do it up in the mountains, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, Aaron, let's talk about how we do it in infestation. Well, <laughs> I don't like the sound of that, but. on YouTube? Oh, man. All right. Infestation. That's a, that's a real catchy tune they got there. Well, any, anytime you have to wait 30 seconds to a minute for any melodic activity <laughs> it, to kick in, it, you know you're in for a treat. It kicks up after a, after a while, but it takes it takes a little while, Boat. So let's talk about <laughs> Infestation, Boatster. You know, had you heard of this one before we tackled it on the show here? Never. Never. Well, there's a reason... <laughs> For that, but it, you know, it does follow the cool guy formula that is uh, psychosis. Of course, this is a psychosis joint. Uh, now, get this boat. This came out in '90, uh, and it came out on uh, on the PC, or excuse me, well, on the PC, on the Amiga, the Atari ST, all the same year. And the this is one of the rare times where the back of the box, I looked at the little ad, it said screenshots of Atari ST version. That's not, a good, that's not a good sign when that happens. And here's the best part. This got a one other release boat. The 1992 release on the FM Towns, mm. brother. They had to get them some. That's right. You I know, can see I, how this would go over Japan. I saw a car Marty in person did when you? I was visiting Neil. So. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what did you think of it? Did you get to play with it? No, unfortunately it was under glass. See, you can't let something that valuable out in the wilderness. That's why you never leave home without a small hammer. Mm -hmm. So, uh, getting back to Infestation... Uh, this was coded by Dan Gallagher of Watermelon Busting fame. No, of programming fame. He didn't do a whole lot on the Amiga. Red Zone and Voyager, which I don't we've never played. No, see, Red Zone was that Psygnosis motorcycle game, wasn't it? I think we did play that at some point. Not me. I on can't stream, remember that. I think, yeah, maybe. maybe. So. Uh, the graphics on this, uh, Jim Ray Bowers, who worked on uh, Obliterator, uh, Strix, and Aquaventure. And, of course, he was seconded by Herman Serrano. Now, this guy, we've played a bunch of his games. He did graphics on Bubble and Squeak, the Chaos Engine series, Liberation, Wing Commander. So he did. A, he was in. A, it was involved in a lot of stuff. Music on this, Sean Conran. Now, get this. I'm so happy to bring this guy up. Old Sean. This guy needs to be called out. Amongst his works of musical prowess, the Yogi the Bear game, your personal favorite, the Top Cat game, the Hong Kong Fooey game. Yes. The the Duckula game. 
the, the way he thought over. Okay. WWF WrestleMania. <laughs> they and, just keep on coming. And rough and ready. I'm surprised he didn't do Huckleberry Hound as <laughs> I can't well. Believe yeah. it. How, I, I, I was thinking that Huckleberry Hound have any music. I right. can't remember. So, yeah. And, of course, the box art for this is cool looking. It's like a big bug. You know, well, guess what? This was on uh, Terry Pratchett's book, Dark Side of the Sun, another one of those gimmicks mm. where I just horked the book. And this was some Tim White. Somewhat unsettling how often that happened with Psygnosis games, where they're just like, here's a cool picture, we'll slap it on there. Oh, it's not unsettling, it's smart. Mm. Because they're cool pictures. That's true, it probably did like sell they, some yeah, titles. It's not like they put the, the the cover art from, like, you know, Encyclopedia Electronica Volume 4. Mm. I mean, these are cool pictures of bugs. Now, does this have anything to do with the game? Eh, a little bit. Yeah, But, I mean, kind of. Mm-hmm. You're really pushing it there. So, um... Uh, just to finish out the uh, flavor here, uh, the originally this was a 25-pounder, right? Not cheap. This is a regular price 20, game. 25-pounder, uh, one disc, and uh, you uh, uh, can take it from there, Bo. What did you think of this thing when it comes up? Because it does have a, uh, a very uh, miniaturized, psychosis-level animation at the beginning. Yeah, there's a cool... Uh, shot of a, a spaceship taking off and a spaceman and the, the story behind this game from what i can understand is that uh you are sent to this planet to take care of an infestation yeah uh you uh, your job is to locate the base that has been infested descend into the base and use uh, cyanide capsules to destroy the eggs of this uh, this species that threatens to take over the universe. The old alien eggs, mm-hmm. and they of course uh, blow up the planet. I believe is all. Uh, yeah, that's the last last thing. And the, the instruction manual is very helpful. It it breaks the fourth wall wide open, and it says, "As soon as you leave the planet, hit escape." Yeah, <laughs> hit escape to blow up the planet. Now let's so. talk about how this game comes up. Of course, we mentioned, mentioned the animation. It's your guy in a ship. Mm-hmm. Sort of drops. He's like a guy in a spacesuit. Uh, and then it gives you this menu. The menu is written in sort of like, in my mind, the menus for this are like the the grammar is like Russian cool guy. Yeah, this is probably <laughs> the worst font I've ever seen well, in the game. Everything's backwards and sideways yeah. and yeah. weird. Like it's mm-hmm. like a Russian cool guy. I was afraid that I was going to have to deal with this text the whole game. Luckily, you don't. It's just on the main menu that you have. To Although, deal with well, this text. no, when you're into terminals, it's like that too. I yeah, but that there's too. yeah, but there's very little there's very little uh, to do in the terminal. Now, remember, you'll recall just a week ago. We played a game that required you to hit several keys on the keyboard. That game's for suckers. Yeah. This game saw what that game did and said, hold my beers. Mm-hmm. Both of them, because I'm going to need both hands yeah. to operate this game. This thing's got a cornucopia of a keyboard shortcuts, I believe, including the, you have to have a keypad. Yeah, I believe there's about 12 yeah. keys that you have to have at the ready, not including the cursor keys. So I had I had to go into mine... And I had to hook up the old USB. I had to hook up the USB keyboard that has the keypad on it, so I could actually get in there and do anything. Hashtag wedge life sucks. Well, <laughs> I had to do it on my main computer too. You don't have a keypad on your main computer. Keypads are for suckers. What year is this? Twenty twenty three. Only keypad. You got a keypad right there. Do you work for a bank? <laughs> <It's> Come on. <laughs> are you saying? That keypads are not. Most people don't have keypads Listen, anymore. I'll tell you a story. Okay. Story time. You know, uh, there was a time where I was unemployed, briefly. I know it's stunning because of my incredible resume. So I thought, I'm going to get this bank job. Mm -hmm. And they want some sucker to do data entry at the bank. Yeah. But you had to be an expert with, like, the keypad. Mm. All right? I'm like, okay. 
So I went in there with a bunch of dullards. I thought, I'm going to crush these guys. Right. And I did. Yeah. I mean, I crushed them at typing. Mm-hmm. So then it was time to like do the key, the keypad right. input, you know. That's much harder mm-hmm. than you would think to do that. Uh, but I still okay. It did get the job. Turns out the bank screwed me because I'm too good. That's my thoughts on mm. it. I'm sure they had some kind of stupid reason. That's happened to me before, Grand too. Grand larceny, maybe. But that, that's where you have to use the keypad. Well, you know, I became... We do we do a little thing in the band called fundraising every year. I've heard of that. I've heard that. <laughs> and surprisingly, I have to add up a lot of numbers with the old numpad. So yeah. because, if, if my band directing career ever falls flat, you got to give me the number of that bank. I'm <laughs> yeah, ready to move no in. Kidding. Oh, I'm sure they're long gone. I'm absorbed. <laughs> So and we we joke, we laugh because we love. Mm-hmm. We love hating using the keyboard when you play video games. <laughs> and this is no difference. Just to give you a rough idea, you use every function key, the help key, escape, tab, and seven of the keys F on the keys. keypad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of keys. It's, it's like 20 keys. keys yeah. It's a lot of keys for what is, in fact, a very simple game. And you also have to type in words. Mm-hmm. So not only are you using the key short keys, but you also have to type in words. So let's talk about how this game opens, Boat. Yeah. Yeah, you, go ahead. Tell them how it opens. So the game opens. If you're watching at home, it looks like the uh, the gameplay is running at about six times the speed that it should. It's really moving. The game does not move as fast as you see here. The game opens on the planet's surface, okay? And you beam down, and you see it's a lot like Battlezone, if you're familiar with the classic arcade game. You see a a wasteland of nothing around you, and you see some mountains in the distance. A few seconds later, the sun rises up. It's it's beautiful, and it's it's sort of an early vector, or you know, polygonal way. Um, And you uh, you see yourself, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to play this game. So you walk around, and you'll notice immediately that you're swarmed on by these, these. they look kind of like caterpillars, like the hungry caterpillar, the big circle segmented caterpillar. There's yeah. some various other things. There's a it's thing. It's a robot-looking guy. Robot-looking guy. like bug guys. And so you are, your job is to wander around this wasteland, what okay? <laughs> Just go ahead and say it. You look like a geek. You now, do. Go ahead. Now you can shoot. You can shoot these guys. Okay, you're equipped with a, a pla- uh, like some sort of plasma beam or something, and you can shoot, and you can and you can kill these guys. Right. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing stuff. Except you're not, because all that you're doing is your oxygen is running out and your fuel is running out. Okay, because what the game doesn't tell you is that this is not the game. This is just the prologue to the game. A really dumb prologue. Let me stop you right there. How, now, did you read the instructions before you started playing? No, after I started playing. Okay, so playing. how long did you rumble around the service and think to yourself, this stinks? Far too long. <laughs> Far too long. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so go ahead. So, it turns out that this whole area, that you're when you're on the top of the planet, has nothing to do with the game. Your only job when you're on the surface is to locate a terminal, and this is where the copy protection comes in, because you have to type in your name. Now, the game doesn't tell you anywhere that this is what you have to do. You're supposed to infer it by reading the novella, okay? Your name in this game is Cal Solar. Yeah, you got to memorize your life, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to, when you find this terminal, which the game doesn't tell you where it is, you have to blunder about on the planet's surface until you find this precise locations where this terminal is. You type in your name, then you have to travel to a different location to find the transporter that actually takes you into the base. Right. The, the terminal 
So this game has your kind of, uh, I don't know, liney victory sort of graphics. Uh, but the, the everything sort of looks like something, a pointy thing mm-hmm. or a triangle. But you don't even, at first, you don't even know what you're looking for. Right. Like, what is a terminal? Right. Because once I wandered around for like an hour, mm-hmm. yeah, the thing is, you don't. You run out of oxygen eventually. Right. Or you get, or you gas yourself. Mm-hmm. There are any number of ways you, you can, can be killed. killed by the enemies. But which doesn't happen that often. But once I wandered around for a while, I came across something. I thought, okay, what is that? I didn't know what it was. Then I was like, okay, you got to go look at the hit sheet here. Mm-hmm. So, one thing you don't know, well, you probably know it, is. You can, you, there are precise instructions to get to this point, and they're in the little hit thing I saw. One of the buttons on the uh, keypad will change your display to where it gives you like a vector. Like right. Coordinate. So, what you have to do is you turn, you have to turn on the navigation. Yeah. Which is number one on the keypad. Trust yeah. me, I know all these keys now. Yeah. Okay. You turn on the navigation, and then you get coordinates, uh, X and Y coordinates. Then. You have to consult the third-party hint source on Lemon Amiga because yeah. you're not getting no help in the instructions. No, no, okay. None. And you have to navigate yourself. I believe the coordinates are ninety thirty. Yeah. To get to the terminal, okay. You approach the terminal, which just looks like a big obelisk. Okay. You'd have no idea it was a terminal. Then you have to hit F two. Why? Because that's what the hints say to do. So you hit F two to access the terminal. Then you can type in your name. Yeah. Okay. Then you have to navigate to forty comma fifty. Well, you get the coordinates memorized. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if see, I didn't memorize all those coordinates. Oh, <laughs> I did this. I did it eventually. I used them once to get to the first thing. I just sort of memorized where they were at by going there enough times. Because what will happen? inevitably, is that you'll get to the terminal, you'll type your name in. By the way, when you type in your name, nothing happens. Then when you hit F2 again, then it, you hear like a... And that, so well, if you think I'm going to type my name in, it's going to say... It doesn't say Jack. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very confusing. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say like access granted. Right. Please proceed, which a real game would. Right. So you hit F2, and then you run... And so you're going to die a lot just mm-hmm. getting to the other thing. Right. And then once you get there, then the game, like you said, truly begins. I mean, I'm a sort of... <laughs> In quotation marks. It truly ended for me when I made it down here. <laughs> so, like Boat said, this is where you have to get down into these up to these uh, underground area. The underground in this is sort of like... Uh, it reminded me kind of of the Next Generation, like walking the halls mm-hmm. of the Star Trek Next Generation, yeah. the Enterprise. Some of the halls are square. But one thing the halls all have in common, we played a, we played an RPG a couple of years ago where you wandered the wall the halls and the walls looked all they had the exact same texture. Remember mm-hmm. you had but you hated that? Yeah, it was the old this, dungeon crawler. This game was like you think you had texture before, they give you nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. And I knew I was in trouble when I was reading the hint sheet. He goes, At this point, this is where you need to start making your map. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh and I actually tried I should have brought my little graph out. Oh, I would love to see I that. I tried to map this. It's so confusing. Well, the, the trouble is, is that, you know, most of the time when you're playing a dungeon crawler, and I'm actually going to put over dungeon crawlers a little bit here, compared to this game, Holy smokes. dungeon crawlers are the best game that's ever been created. <laughs> 
uh, because in dungeon crawlers you have rooms that are of different sizes. Yeah. So maybe you'll go into like a, a big wide escape, and since you're moving literally one pixel at a time, yeah. you can kind of get a sense for the relative size of things. Right. And you can use that when you're making a map. Sure. In this game, you have endless series of hallways that open up into one square wide rooms. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have ventilation shafts that are endless hallways yeah. that open back up into hallways. Right. So that's the extent of the geography. And on top of everything else, like you have to open doors. Well, how do you open a door? F1, of course. Right. Why would it be anything but F1? <laughs> oh, I should mention, we forgot something very important about the upper world part. So you're an astronaut, so the whole time you're up there, there's breathing noise, mm -hmm. okay? It's pretty neat for like the first couple seconds, and then you hate, you want your guy to die. Yeah. And so thankfully, when you get underground, you can take off your, your ventilation. Well, you can. You can until you want to drop some cyanide, That's and then you got you got to put it back on. Also in the uh, the above ground part, the above ground part actually, ironically enough, was my favorite part of the yeah, game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the only place I had any success. You have a jetpack that you can fly around yeah. in. Did I you mean, do that much? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how I use that. I use that to get in the ballpark, and then you got to crawl it the last like half mile or so. It's not precise. So, yeah. My flight was like if I flew in real life. <laughs> right. It's just like ah, it's like the greatest freaking hero. Right. And so the only noise in this game is literally the sound of you breathing like Darth Vader. Yeah. If you have your suit on the breathing is incredibly loud if you it, have your suit off the breathing is, is softer it's pretty creepy i mean it's, it builds up and as you guys you know i guess run out of air or whatever but yeah it got real old yeah real old so as we mentioned you go down into in the, into the pits but anyway getting back to the, the mapping situation one of the problems i had was that the door in this thing, you couldn't tell how close you were to the doors you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so you couldn't tell you couldn't tell exactly where you were yeah, you to map it. That's exactly the problem with this game, is that the rooms are all so small, right. you cannot determine your relative placement anywhere. Right. How, and, did, how, did, you, how did you get on underground? Well, what I did was I did my old trick that I do whenever we play Dungeon Crawlers, and I always follow the right. I just go to the right But won't you inevitably go into a circle? Well, that's the problem with my with my thing is that eventually you get to a point where you have to go into the the shafts, the ventilation shafts. Yeah. And at that point, I was just stumbling through the dark. I was going random places. I saw different things. And the thing is, because this game is all uh, flat-shaded polygons, yeah. you're never sure what anything is. No. You don't know. Most things will kill you. You know what eggs look like. They're At the beginning of the game, they do have this. If you watch the sort of attract mode, you can go and they have a thing where you can, they will show you like 3D models yeah, of the various the parts. Mode, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're actually in the thick of things and you're playing the game, you'll forget all of that. And everything just looks like, but it's no good. I got to a thing that looked like, kind of like a big head. Mm -hmm. I don't mean my old buddy Todd. Mm -hmm. And... So I was like, what is this thing? So I ran into it and I died. And I like overheated or something. I was like, what happened? So I looked, I watched uh, a guy do a playthrough and he's like, yeah, you're going to get to this thing. You have to hold the fire button now for about 15 seconds. I was like, how would you ever know that? Right. Who would ever stumble upon right. that? You know? There are so many things in this game. Well, this game is essentially all trial and error. Yeah. Because you're not you're not given any information about exactly what you're supposed to do other than you're supposed to destroy these eggs. We should talk about the eggs. Yeah. So this is not a game where it's like each level has four eggs. You find the four eggs and then you go to the next level. This is 168 eggs you have to destroy. Is it that many? It's 168. Oh my god. Oh my god. So I mean, this is 
Okay. I didn't get that many. Okay, so let's let's let's, let's I want to I want to zoom out here. Okay? okay, zoom out, man. What kind of game is this? Uh, 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 adventure exploration. Okay, in an adventure exploration game, what do you like to see? Not that many eggs. I can tell you. Okay, that. <laughs> what do you what do you want out of an adventure exploration? Well, game? I would like uh, the ability to like progress. To have some sort of achievement would and you, to like feel like that I'm getting better or nearing a goal. Would you like to see multiple different kinds of places as you're exploring? Sure, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be good. Do you get that in this game? I mean, kind of. You see okay. three places. Well, what, what about uh, meeting interesting uh, aliens or non-player characters? Would you say that's a, a thing you like to do in adventure games? Yes. Okay. Do you get any of that in this game? Well, eh, not a ton. Mostly Mm. I die because of my own hand, generally. What about a sweeping orchestral soundtrack? Well, there's some drum things (laughs) at the very beginning. It's almost like you're setting something up here, Boat. This game fails to be fun on every conceivable level. There is no world I can imagine where playing this game would be fun to anyone. I mean, it is very rare that we play a game like that. Well, listen, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate. Okay, play away, play away. I can't, I'm more like a, a little Devil's Advocate. Okay. If you recall the CD32 title. Mm-hmm. If I, now, if I bought this at full price, okay, I would expect a, a long time, a lot of play. Okay. Okay. Now remember, it's 1990. Right. Put yourself in 1990. Okay. You bring this home for your Amiga. Mm-hmm. Look, it's in 3D. Kinda it's in cool. 3D. That is you cool. You can fly. Yep. There's there's mysteries, and and you're having to figure stuff out, sort of like a click, like a, a click. Uh, Tell me about the mysteries. Like, how do I get underground? So like, you're, the mystery is how do I play the game? That's right. Okay. And then and the and I'm like, what do I do? Like, where am I? <laughs> Stuff like that. But Listen, I mean, you can go into a room and turn off all the lights and play the same game. You can just okay? have a couple a couple of shots of bourbon and play that game. Right. Why am I here? <laughs> Who's that? But, I mean, my point is, you get some adventuring. I can see how uh, uh, in the time... I don't think this game aged well, okay? It, I think there's some interesting parts. The terminal... You know, we love terminals, all right? Much like the game we played a couple months ago where you went down to caves and there's terminals. They add to the fun. And in this thing, you can do stuff with the terminals, a few things, and when you see them. I, I, listen, I would love to give you the skinny on how the really cool, intricate stuff on this, but I couldn't get there. I had to well, watch another guy get listen, there. Listen, I watched other people play this game, yeah. and I still don't know where the fun is. I literally had to ha- watch a guy go through it, like, frame by frame, to get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I can forgive a lot of stuff in game. But what I can't forgive is a game that I can't put myself in any position to be where I would be like, man, I'm having some amount of entertainment here. I guess if you're one of these people that really, really likes mazes, to me, this is more of a maze game. It's like a 3D maze game. Yeah. um, Where you're like, man, I'm going to get out the graph paper and I'm going to chart this thing out. Yeah. I'm going to find all the eggs and then I'm going to descend into the bottom of this thing so I can I can do the last... The, the problem yes, is... that's the mentality yeah, you have to have. Yeah, and I, I... So, okay, maybe I'm going to walk back my statement. If okay. you're of that persuasion, and again, 1990... It's old school. 3D maze. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm on board. 
plotting it out and then slowly working your way down to the bottom because at the bottom there is stuff to do at the end of the game yeah you have to figure out how to adjust the temperature controls and do stuff to blow up the planet yeah. so there is cool stuff but the getting to that part seems to just be mindless mapping out of things and just you don't even get to shoot stuff all you have to do is you find an egg you let off a cyanide capsule and you walk away yeah or you gas yourself, yeah. which happens quite a yeah. bit. So, the the thing is this. I watched a guy go through this whole game, all right? He said, listen, and I, this guy, I wish I could, I wish you remember his name. I'll put it at the bottom of his show notes because he was good. But at the end of it, he said, listen, it's a boring game, but it's, it's okay to go through once. But even this guy who'd played this thing for years, at the end of the game, there's a situation where you have to, you're supposed to take off on this ship, mm-hmm. right? And he said him and his buddy spent hours in the hangar trying to get the ship to activate, and they couldn't. Well, he came to find out that you had across the entire maze is a terminal where you have to activate the ship. Okay, now who designed that, by the way, in in, in real-world terms? Right, right. That's dumb. Yeah. See, that's just being a, a jerk mm-hmm. to the player. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't get the real ending or whatever. But, I mean, I didn't get anywhere near that far. That this was supposed to be an homage to aliens. Is what this is supposed okay, to be. All right, sure. that's where they were going. Sure. Aliens are in the ductwork. Yeah. And there's eggs. Mm-hmm. The whole nine yards. Right. You know, this is 1990. You're on the very raggedy edge of where you could put a game like this out and get away with it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you know more than I do because you're a console boy. But there was some good action in nine by ninety. Well, you know, I think that if you are if if you're of this persuasion, where you are, you're convinced that three D is the wave of the future, yeah. right? And the fact that you can walk around in this three dimensional environment really ticks your buttons. Yeah, there's nothing on the console that's going to give you something and something like this. You have to be playing on a computer. You have to. So for that type of player, this is this you, you're going to be at home with this, but. I'm just I'm as far away from that kind of person as you can get. Maybe it's because of my age. The the I feel like being able to walk around in a 3D environment is cool. Like Castle Master. Yeah. I thought that was a good game. Because you walk around the castle, you see stuff in the castle, the drawbridge, there's some torches and stuff like that. It was similar though, wasn't it's it? It's very similar. Yeah. It just you've gotta you've gotta dress it up a little bit from to get 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 over for me. You've gotta you've gotta have something else to look at besides bare walls, and you have to give me something to do that's more exciting than gas eggs. This reminds me, uh, to I mean, it doesn't, not gameplay-wise, but look-wise, sort of, and my overall feeling towards it reminds me of another Psygnosis title, Armageddon, that we did on the show years ago. Lots of four out the keyboard, lots of real deep technical stuff mm-hmm. that you're never hardly ever, anybody's ever going to see. And at the end of the day, it's sort of a good-looking game and there's probably some depth to it but it's so difficult to care enough to get there the the game is also let down by its control this is a game that really doesn't require you you got your cursors for movement yeah okay and then maybe you've got to hit a button to turn on free look movement but there should not be a button to pick stuff up you should just be able to run over and pick it up you know what i think it is i thought about this because this is two weeks in a row where we played a game that had that sort of had unnecessary keyboard stuff mm-hmm. I think that this was a philosophy to add "quote unquote" depth to your game. Okay, I think okay. they thought to themselves, I can "Okay, buy that. we've got a computer here with all these keys, and people are going to want to enjoy this extra, the extra depth that we provide with these right. commands." And which you can't really fight them on that. It's one thing you do with a computer, but it's twenty twenty three. 
and we're a couple lazy bums, and we don't want to be bothered by hitting the keyboard buttons. It's mm-hmm. true. I can't help it. I mean, sometimes we'll do it. But I think that's I think that's a way that they, they try to give their game. And the thing is, how much is it how much extra uh, oomph does it take? It's a one disc game, okay? How much much like Castle Master, how much extra oomph does it take to say, okay, well, you can toggle your HUD. You could do this or do that. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal. They can add it easily. It's a little bit of extra on there. It irritates us now, and but they did go overboard right. with the keyboard. Right. But I, I, that's just a guess. And I'm again, like, this is a one man show. Yeah. You well, know. I mean, no, he had no, he had two guys on graphics, a guy on music, but yeah, the coder was the one. The coder guy. was one guy. He had a vision, and Psychosis was like, "Hey, there's not a whole lot of games where you're in this perspective, yeah. and the game does run well. It doesn't drag. It doesn't run as fast as it runs on it here. Ran, on mine, it ran not much slower than this. Really? Yeah. It oh, ran, I, I was playing on the Mister, and I was not getting I anywhere close to speed. I played this on Amiga forever, okay. so I, I had I had the juiced up Amiga because mm. I had to hook up the extra keyboard. That's right, why I had to do right, it. Right. Right. So, but anyway, you know, this is maybe I'm 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 walking back my previous comments. This game you are? is it could be fun. For a certain subsection of people out there, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and, and that are walking around today. I don't know. And and the thing is, given the response, we I don't I don't think there are that many people that are interested in this one. Yeah. To be honest with you. Now, you may ask, were they interested when it came out? Well, mm-hmm. allow me to enlighten you. Both. Okay. Uh, when this came out, uh, oh, first of all, the people at Lemon liked it enough. They gave it a seven point one seven, pretty good score on Lemon. Uh, the magazine reviews were fairly kind. Uh, Ace, Amiga Computing, Amiga Format, all in a, near 90%. Amiga Joker, 75. That's totally respected from the Joker. Uh, CU Amiga, 94. Uh, 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 Dator Magazine gave it 9 out of 10. So a lot of good, everything in the 80s and 90s except for Joker. Joker, 75, is like a 200. The overall average, according to Lemon, 87%. Very lofty. I think this was a game of a tier. I really do. It's also absolutely not the kind of game that me and you would get into in a week. Right. There's also that. So part of this is personal bias against this sort but, of game. But, I mean, even back in the day, I would not have held any. I would not have given this game the time of day. Yeah. Because it's just no, no, me either. It's just it's just not a game that I enjoy. I agree. Did we get any action with the Discord community? Zero. See that right there is telling. Because whenever we don't get any action from the Discord people, that tells me that like people are either scared of the game or are just not interested in right. something that 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 that, that technical. Uh, I did look this up on eBay just for fun, and uh, you can get copies. So this is a weird one. Copies of this are going for they were asking one hundred and five and one hundred and six dollars, uh, or best offer on the one hundred and five. But some guy had a box copy of this for fifty. I hadn't seen any of that sold. And the, one thing about the... Here it is another one. And we've covered a ton of Psygnosis games. The game may stink, but mm-hmm. the box and crap is awesome. Right. You know, So you know you're always going to get a cool intro and a cool box. So this might be one, if you're a box guy, if you're if you're one of those shelf people, this might be the game for you. Are you going to run out and pick this one up, Boat? No. Never in a million years. Me either. Welcome to Retro Rewind. I'm your host, British Jones. Whether you enter the Amiga... Commodore 64, or Tiger Floral Print Speed Suits, Retro Rewind has all you need from the friendly hosers of the Great White North. Looking to upgrade your Amiga? Check out the Amiga OS 3.2.2 Kickstart ROM for just $18. Or maybe you need a C64 or C128 Diagnostic Harness. 
grab one while they're hot. Don't miss our bestsellers like the 1541 Transit Card for just $1 or the incredible Amiga Coin Cell Battery Adapter. Shop now at Retro Rewind Limited and bring your classic computers back to life. Retro Rewind Limited. Frank's the man. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, we got tons of Amiga news this week. Uh, we're going to start things off. There's a new piece of hardware in town, the Parcero, Ooh. which uh, you might remember uh, we talked about about a year ago for the Amiga 1000. Sure. Uh, this is that sidecar accessory. Uh, I, you know, before we get into the story, I want to tell you, I've actually ordered a Parcero 2 oh. for my Amiga 1000. I'm going to try my best. My New Year's resolution is to use this thing more for the show, okay? You know how happy I, and stunned I was? Because you've told me you are up and down like a yo-yo. I, I love hardware. hardware. I hate hardware, so yep. now you love it. Well, I still don't love it, but I'm hopeful. Because here's the thing. If you've got an Amiga 1000... You want to use it. You don't want to just put it in a closet, okay? Well, I don't know. You've got a lot of great systems in the closet. Well, th th <laughs> but I don't do a lot of shows about those systems. Yeah, that's, that's true. the difference. And so, uh, you know, I've ordered one of these, and I've also ordered a rejuvenator that's board. That's the stunner right yeah. there. Those things. So you've dropped some dime on your Amiga. Some dime is All correct. Right. Some dime. So anyway, this is the A500 version. Of course, the Procero, what does it do? It gives you extra RAM. It gives you an accelerator. It gives you an SD card solution. All of those things. And it is now available for the 500. So you can consult. I believe that these are all made to order. I know that I had to email David personally uh, to, uh, to, get, uh, to get mine. Uh, but you can check it out. And, um, and, of course, Amiga Love is your place for uh, any new Amiga hardware news. Also the love. We love love. That's right. Those things, that's a handsome unit there, uh, Bo, if I may say. Looks quite good. Uh, now, is the one you're getting, is it, did you get the one with the case and everything? Oh, yeah. So you didn't ha you didn't do a half job. It's no. full on. Full on. Very good, Bo. Boy, mm -hmm. I can't wait to see that. That's dandy. Yeah, did, did, any idea on a price? Uh, I believe I paid $235. So somewhere in the ballpark so Somewhere around there, I would think. And what now? You got the Procero two, so yours is right. going to be up to date with this one. It's the, the one thousand. Just for the one thousand, right? Very good, Bo. That looks great, man. Boy, I can't wait to play with that. Oh man, that's going to be fun. Next up, Aaron, my personal favorite game of twenty twenty three, Neon Noir. Yeah, is getting a boxed edition. I looked. I signed up for the I want this list. Did you know that? Did I mention that? Oh no, to you? that's yes, fantastic. Sir. So uh, yeah, um, the author of Neon Noir, known as Mass on EAB, has a. Uh, Shown off uh, what oh. looks to be a very attractive package yeah, here. Yeah, it does. Four discs for Neon Noir. Not surprising given the stunning amount of graphics in that game. Uh, you can uh, fill out an interest form. He has not released a price, I believe, yet. But uh, you can uh, sign up just like Aaron did, and uh, and he will let you know what's going you down. you got to get on the news. Look at this thing. <gasps> yeah. Look at all this crazy crud. I, yeah, I'm assuming you get the use. Look, at that's a cool box cover, mm -hmm. too. Listen. Neon Noir, how, it took us what, about an hour to beat this. Even dummies. We, the dumb guys slobbered it, but I enjoyed it. And the graphics and the aesthetic and the the mood, top shelf. Yes. I don't yes. buy enough of these, uh, you know, these uh, indie gimmicks. I'm going to get on, I mean, I'm cheap. That's probably the problem. <laughs> and I haven't seen the price on this yet, but I'm hoping it's not super expensive. But I'm in, brother. I'm in. Next up, Aaron, a festive selection. Ami ah. Amiga Cami. 
yeah. has uh, created what she calls the Amiga Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, she does this every year, and uh, this is just a collection of games and mods that you can play. And Aaron, you know, we have a, uh, a special Christmas-themed show coming up in just a few weeks. So yeah. uh, maybe the Game Selection Committee will be making their selection from uh, Amiga Cami's Christmas Tree. What a, what a nice idea. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Well done. And Cami's another uh, asset to the community. We love Cami. Absolutely. Absolutely. AmigaChristmasTree.UltimateAmiga.co.uk Beautiful, man. I love that. I'm going to look through these because this, this is a lot easier than hunting around. I've been trying to set something up for the Coco. Mm-hmm. Thank God I got people. Yeah. Because you know, it's yeah. a whole There's nothing game. like that for the Coco, yeah. for sure. Next up is, this is a video titled World of Commodore 2023 from an Amiga Dudes perspective. Tell us about this latest video from Chris Edwards. This is a Chris Edwards joint, uh, and I watched this the other day because I wanted to get a, you know, I had talked to Frank briefly that I knew he was going up to World of Commodore. It's funny, uh, uh, until Frank mentioned it to me, I hadn't heard anything about a World of Commodore. It's a lot like uh, Amy West, like just... I don't know. Are we well, out of the loop? What's well, these going things on? are several thousand miles away. No, no, from I mean, us. but the fact that they just snuck up and then they were just oh, here, yeah, like right. we were just like, what happened? Right. Because we should know. If we anyone should know. Should know mm-hmm. You know, uh, get us in the loop, information people. <laughs> you know, we're dumb. So anyway, this is your boy, your boy Chris Edwards. He heads up here, including he's got the entire trip on the road. Mm. Anyway, this looks like a great event. Of course. Uh, I think Frank and the crew from Retro Rewind, they were a big pump, they were a big chunk of this show. I think they were a sponsor of the show. Mm-hmm. And Frank was up there with his crew. He said they had a five-man table going bananas the whole time uh, while they were up there working. Uh, man, there was so much software at this thing boat. I was just, like, dying to, to, to like, buy some stuff. And, you know, it's I was telling Bo, when I, after I watched this video, because we went last year, or was it this year? This year we went to... Uh, the Coco uh, Convention, World of Coco, I believe it's called. Now, listen, I'm a dumb guy. When it comes, I'm not what I would call geography man. Mm-hmm. And so, when you tell me something's in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I'm like, my God, it's four hundred thousand miles how far away. away. How many icy tundras right. do you have to float across? You get to the, turns out after I timed it out. The, the drive time is like maybe like forty minutes more than Chicago. Yeah, you know that's definitely nothing. doable. So we're thinking about maybe rolling up. And also Frank and the gang have come to the boat fest every mm-hmm. year. I feel like maybe we should go up there and return the favor. Absolutely. And and this is probably as close as we're going to get to a Canadian deal. Mm-hmm. So we might try to roll up to this thing next year. It looked pretty good. What'd you say they drew with this thing? Eight hundred, according to Frank. That's big numbers, yeah. boat. You yeah. know, you got a bunch of uh, Commodore eleven hosers up there. Chris Edwards goes around, he pals around with with some people up here, and he gets a, uh, he buys some crap. A lot of C64 stuff at this thing, but I'm hoping, and including, he also talked about the new, uh, the new uh, F, uh, FPGA uh, Mini Mega, the Mini Mig or whatever, mm-hmm. the new one's going to have, it's going to run a, like, uh, it's going to have like A4000, it's going to have all, all kinds, it's going to be a more powerful version of this gimmick, mm-hmm. that's your bag. That's kind of neat, yeah. you know, that's going to be, if you're into that. I know Chris Edwards loves him. So, a good video here, and a good you get a lot of good action. Uh, so, I would check that out if you're interested in learning about the world of Commodore. Good stuff, Boat. We Aaron, may be there next year. We've got a new game on the horizon, Shadow Dancer. Oh, man. That's right. Hold BG me closer. Time. Is that a BG song, Shadow uh, Dancer? No, it's Shadow Dancing. Oh, what's that about? You never heard that song? Uh-uh. You have, trust me. Okay. I would sing it, but you'd have to repeatedly kick me in the groin to get me to go up the... <laughs> We'd also probably be blocked on YouTube. Well, so. 
You think I could get that close? Or just for the good of humanity? So, Aaron, I have not played Shadow Dancer before, uh-huh. but uh, it looks like a game that's right up our alleys. It looks like a, a sort of Bad Dudes-esque game oh, where uh, you are a uh, sort of a, it's, it's it's like a Ninja Gaiden. Isn't this an arcade, is this an arcade clone right this here? This was originally yeah, an arcade yeah, game in I've 1989. This. this is the final arcade game in the Shinobi series. Yes. Yeah. I've played this in the arcade or, you know, on MAME or whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, you're right. You can't go wrong with these. Look at that background. Yeah. It's, that city's on fire. That's right. You know, uh, but uh, it looks good. Got the many hot chicks bound up. You got to go save them. Then you got to ninja some suckers. Uh, this looks pretty good. I, 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 I love the new wave of Amiga arcade ports that are coming to town. Right. What did they say? Is this another one of those Scorpion Engine jobs? Uh, yeah, this is a, this is another, I believe, Scorpion Engine game. And so uh, you can... It looks like um, it should squeeze onto a 1 meg chip A500. Uh, and uh, you can download the demo right now and check it out. That's a that's a must-play right there. That, that could be something we do on the old stream at some point in the near future. That might be something fun. All right, Aaron. I can't wait till we get to cover some of these because they're coming up. You know, that'll be fun. Now, one of my favorite uh, C64 games from last year yeah. is a game called uh, Rogue. Uh, I think it was called Rogue Craft. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, yeah. I played this A Rogue 64. Sorry. The Amiga version is coming soon. They've adopted a new viewpoint. This is a sort of isometric style game. Yeah. But it's that same old, uh, you know, rogue flavor that you love. Uh, Aaron, I played this. Well, I you, played this. What do you think? Tell it's, us about it's, it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's first of all, listen. You know the isometric view. You can't always get away with it. Right. In fact, sometimes it's double death. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But listen, they pulled it off. I played this on stream. I believe this. This may have been part of uh, Cammy's uh, game jam, oh, as I recall. Okay. Okay. And like, let me tell you something. A little bit what. Dungeon Explorer within a Cthulhu Mythos. Sign me up, brother. Right. Throw right. a little ISO in there. It's good looking. Listen, and the the price is right. This is a name your own price Dude, special. That's a that's a must. Mm-hmm. God, it's another one. I can't yeah. wait to give that one a, a full whirl. Yeah. I really enjoyed the time I played with it before. So yeah, that's a good one, man. Uh up next, Aaron, probably uh, one of the bigger stories of the week. Uh we have announcement from the one and only Ravi Abbott. That Kickstart 2024, the second installment, is going down in Nottingham, June 29th and 30th. Uh, this is a, uh, of course, uh, the Kickstart 1 last year was the UK's biggest uh, Amiga show, and this year Ravi is expecting even more people, uh, and uh, the this is a, a big deal. Of course, it's a huge deal. I heard there's one huge draw that they're counting on to literally... Pack the joint. Who is this? Well, sucker? I don't want to brag, but it's me. Uh, Ravi has asked me to host the show this year. Oh man! Which is, uh, I think it's. I, I don't get me wrong. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, I hope daunting that the Bitbat brothers of the Psygnosis team aren't there waiting to there ambush me. There are so me. many guys that can beat the crap out of you. Because <laughs> so, you got to think there are probably people that designed the AGA chipset and crap. They're going to. They're going to be waiting behind the curtain with chairs. That's right. That's right. I can't wait to see the video of that. Listen, congratulations, Bo, for being asked to MC the biggest. This is the biggest Amiga event in England, and they want you to come all the way overseas to MC the event. That's outstanding. I'm definitely grateful for the opportunity. 
Uh, I think we're going to have a real good time. Uh, I know that uh, many of our, our friends are going to be there. Neil, Pixels at Dawn, Pajaco, Graham W. Vebke is going to try and show up there. Is Graham getting up there? Man, he's so, a world traveler. Yeah. globetrotter. So I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing all the guys again and, of course, uh, you know, helping make Kickstart 2 even better, if it's possible, than Kickstart 1. This looked like an awesome event. Like, Look, look at this. Hoffman, the guys there last year, this, the guys that did the game we just talked about, Badger Punch, were mm -hmm. there last year. So. Now, have, uh, you may have mentioned, do you, have you heard any lineup for what's going on? I what do. I know lots of lineup talks. However, nothing. I am under an agreement oh, to not speak no. of it yet. But the info is going to be rolling out shortly. Tell Rabbi um, that since you're like in the mix, that he needs to throw us a bone here. How about a little something for me next time? Give us, see if you can give us a scoop. Okay. One okay. scoop. Well, Ravi's a good friend I'll of ours. I'll ask Ravi, see if he'll do us a favor. That's right. Okay. That's right. Good. Congratulations, Boat. That's dandy. Aaron, up next, a little something for Ole. It's a tick Arctic attack at Christmas. <laughs> oh, God. I was just, the only reason I put this story in here was because I wanted to hear you pronounce it. It's Arctic attic attack Christmas. Arctic attic Christmas. Our good buddy, uh, our good pal, uh, Happy Coding, his crew over there. This just popped out, uh, I believe. And it is ready to download. Uh, uh, you can grab it for this. This is a ZX, but we're skipping over because we we like we talk the about what we want. That's why. That's why I've heard that. I heard you bad about the guy over that. Uh, but uh, listen, uh, this is these things are always good. And of course, we actually both like Attic Attack. It's a game we played uh, on Arson Sinclair a while back, boat. So you know it's fun. But check it out again. We'll put we'll have everything in the uh, show notes here. But it's a fully modded Christmas version. Of attic attack. Who doesn't want that? Me. I want that. Gift in the egg. You get a presence up there, man. Listen, and since we're on the subject, Aaron, this comes directly from Happy Coding's hand to my hand. Oh, boy. To your hand. Oh, he what wanted you here? especially to have this. Look at this, everybody. This is Ooze the Escape. Oh, man. And look, in, look inside there. Look how they do the inside. It's a new thing. Oh, that's that's double sweet, everybody. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Thank you, Happy. I believe I saw Happy give hand this up at the uh, when you were on... Uh, uh, our RMC's joint. Right. That's awesome. These are the guys over at the Midnight Brew. Same guys that did, we're just talking about Attic Attack. Thank you, Happy. That will That's something I will be playing uh, sometime in the near future, one of my streams, On a brother. disaster stream That's a good you. look. Look how professional. The, the, the days of the way I used to do this crap are over. You know, you, when I used <laughs> how did to, you used to do this crap? When I used crap? to liberate you PlayStation used... <laughs> games. I thought you were going to tell me when you used to program and sell your own games. No, no. Well, I mean, yeah. No, no. Well, no the, I mean, I'm just liberating games. Okay. But you want to look good. Mm -hmm. But you were too cheap to buy, like, the printer labels that mm -hmm. you'd get. For the disc, right? So you would just try to cut, round up, and some some stickers, and oh. get caught in the PlayStation, and the <laughs> sticker would come off. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or if you tried to make your disc labels and your mm, printer, no and they would come off in the flop because yep. you're a geek. Yep. So I mean, they've come a long way. But thank you, Happy, and all the fellows over at the uh, Midnight Brew. This is a beautiful Amiga game. I will give that a whirl. Next up, Aaron, That's Atari dandy. 2600 Plus. First impression. I demanded that this be talked about. And I'll tell you why. Listen, I don't know if you ever heard of this show. It's one of your old uh, stomping ground shows called This Week in Retro. But what you got here is our pal Agima. Mm -hmm. We talked about this guy before he was even on that show. Right. I was, I was like, man, I like this guy. And the reason I like him, he's he's double into it. He's he's like the Coco. He's like the passionate guy, right? So... Everyone's bought one of these Ataris. Like everywhere, everyone's got a video out of the Atari with the HDMI cable. Like mm -hmm. you've seen them. I don't know if you've been looking, but like every sucker put one out. Everybody. 
And so I thought, I, I was surprised at a game. I was like, this guy's going to put one out too, you know? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because the best part of this is the reason he breaks it out here is to sit around and smell this thing. <laughs> That's what I loved about it. Agima is smelling this Atari the entire video. He's like, what is that smell? And he smells the box. He smells everything. And he'd already opened the box before the unboxing. He's like, listen, I wanted to do this on camera for a reason. It's the smell. And then he smells it for a while. He's like, it's got that old 70s electronic smell. How did they do it? <laughs> and he's the first guy I've heard that said that about the Atari wow. 2600 HDMI Well, gimmick. he should get together with Tech Liquor. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly. Yeah. That's, they can have their own channel. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, listen. Good on this guy. By the way, he'll be happy to know that uh, uh, they're releasing a patch to, to take care of a lot of the problems that people have with their PAL 7800 cartridges. Some other stuff. Hey, give Atari credit. They're already up. I'm looking. You know, John Marshall apparently has one of these things and is going to bring it to the next uh, Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. Oh, okay. I mean, do you know how many Atari 2600s I've got? I've got like five. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting the 7800. I gave you a 7800. Right. We've got them to beat the band. Mm-hmm. And so I can't go out and buy one of these. But the funny thing is... I did a live stream right after this thing popped, you know, and mm-hmm. I my the output was so bad I had to use the Mister. Well, then I was going to say that's <laughs> probably why people are buying these, even if they already have Atari yeah. 2600. But the Mister it, it handles this stuff quite nicely. But anyway, thumbs up to a game. Every video this guy does, like he's into it, mm-hmm. and that's what I love. I love people that have the passion, brother. Yeah. yeah. And finally, Aaron. Oh man. The Game Awards 2023. Oh, now, yeah. you watched this with bated breath well, last night. Tell us about it. Scoob in our Discord was like, Look, hey, they're having the Game Awards. And I go, Well, I was like, What is that? <laughs> you know, I got to try this. I got to check this out, these Game Awards. And so I flipped over to see what they were. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I've never seen an award show that was like this. And by the way, I, th- I was like, hey, I wonder if anyone's doing like a live watch along. What well, everyone was doing one. Mm. Everyone on earth. <laughs> and so and they were all like in misery. Mm-hmm. So I was watching this thing, and I've never seen an award show that talks so little about the nominees, the recipients of the awards, or the awards themselves. Mm. They would buzz through categories like four or five awards at a time. And then the rest of the show, nothing but trailers right. for upcoming. And so, so what it, they were trying to tell you is. Everything that happened in the last year, forget about that. Here's what's coming up. Yeah. And eventually they brought out, like, here's the big crazy deal. And they brought out that Kojima guy. Mm -hmm. And you know he's nuts. Yeah. And then they bring out Jordan Peele. I guess they're working on this. And and here's what got me with the Kojima bit. He's like, like, well, he's working on something. It's not really a movie, but it's not really a game. And it shared a little clip of some Lynch, David Lynch style idiocy, mm, like some mm. people just like saying crap. Right. And people were like, oh God. Oh, yeah. They were labor They're salivating minds, like, yeah. like dogs. Mm. Oh God. Yeah. I don't get this guy, this yeah. Kojima guy. He's uh, he's off his nut. He's yeah. out of his mind. Well, he's made a career out of being out of his mind. I he's mean, like David Lynch. And I mentioned the Scoob. Every game I saw almost was from Japan. I'm mm. like, does anyone else make any games anymore? Not of consequence. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. It's amazing. To I me. mean, there's Bethesda, Rockstar, and all the Japanese They showed Bethesda's new game, but their new game's already out. That's what's it called? Space Starfield. or whatever? It's Starfield. Called, it's called Space. Space is better. <laughs> hey, I had a solo in that. Have you played the Starfield? Uh, yeah. What yeah. do you think about that? I got bored after five minutes. <laughs> so it's sort of like the game we played on the Amiga. Yeah. Yeah. But what was so, but I mean, it's the, well, it's, the big dog? Well, of well, games. What, it, what it is, it's Skyrim in space. 
Okay. And so if you... But if, people love Skyrim, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like I've moved beyond... It seems uh, like it'd be less interesting to, like, explore. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I for whatever reason, the space setting doesn't interest me like the fantasy setting does. Yeah, well, I mean, fair enough. But anyway, I think it's because of the shooting, because it's really a shooter, and it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm just more interested in killing things with, like, a mace. What I liked, you know, getting back to the awards show, just in closing... I'll watch as much as I can stomach mm-hmm. because I mean it's a lot of it's just like any other awards. There's a lot of back padding, right? Geeks in the audience, geeks on stage, just geeks everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're talking about geek stuff. Look at that thing in a monster suit there. And I watched, Robot I watched this show, and I looked at all these games, and all the upcoming games. All you see is the trailer. They mm-hmm. don't show any gameplay hardly at all. Of course not. And I thought, man, this was a real dud. And then as I'd said, like, this is a dud. I mm-hmm. typed it in, and Brent chimed in. Best games ever. Here it comes. Like, Brent was like, I can't wait. It's all good. Kojima. I was like, oh, my God. There's a new Final Fantasy coming out. People are losing their mind over I that. I think you and Brent on Sunday should definitely have a prolonged discussion about your differences in this. I'm not going to. Because I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and just like, I'm going to watch six hours of this. I would kill myself. Just go watch the trailers. That's all it is. But anyway... Mm-hmm. Weird show. And I've been told this is one of the better ones. Mm. So there you go, both. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Amiga News and other news. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what's been going on on the old YouTube channel lately? Well, um, of course, we just released uh, uh, the newest R. Sinclair, uh, which was myself and the Brent filmed it last Sunday, which was Worst Things Happen at Sea. Mm-hmm. Listen, the ZX Spectrum, not to put it over here, but I'm going to, I love that machine, and it's just one of the reasons I love it's for games like this. This game looked hard. It looked complicated. I, I watched the wall of text roll by I, with tears in my eyes, and then it was great. I mm-hmm. loved it, and Brett loved it, too. It's a lot of fun. I urge you to try it. If you haven't ch- checked out R. Sinclair, have a look. This is a, a ZX exclusive. It was never released anywhere else, and it's a lot of fun, I think. We had a good time on that one. Uh, and I think that's pretty much all we've had this week was just that. So we'll, then we'll be back in the saddle uh, coming up uh, on Sunday. We're going to do a uh, the Coco Christmas Spectacular. So join me and the Brent for some Coco action boat. All it's right. Fun. What are we going to play next week? Andy? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's find out, shall we? Oh, man. It's the season for International 3D Tennis. Now, this international 3D tennis boat. That that's that that is definitely a tennis game. Now, unfortunately, we're not playing international 3D tennis. We're not. We're playing Super Tennis Champs, which is a different game. Really? Yep. It, did it win in the poll? Because I had to double check to make sure. Okay, great. Well, listen, we're playing international 3D tennis. <laughs> Super I'm Tennis put, Champs. No, I'm putting my foot down. Okay. This is in 3D. Okay. Listen, I've had about as much 3D. <laughs> As I can stand. Listen, the thing is, once you land on the tennis court, then you've got to fight your way into the game. So you're telling me I put the wrong logo in this yeah, scene? Yeah, now I'm not going to blame you because we sat here before the show and stared at this logo, and I didn't notice until this exact moment. The thing is, but, I had the wrong logo in here first, and so I changed it. <laughs> so, anyway, do not be do not be fooled by what you see before you. Super Tennis Champs is the next game uh, for Amigos, and we will see you then. Patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. There can't be that much of a difference. Probably not. We'll see you guys next week, and until then, adios. adios. 3D. Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, 
and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.